Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we're talking about Moon Knight feedback. The finale is about to hit. We're going to talk about all your theories, all our theories, what we think is going to happen, what we think happened, I guess. All that right of the we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Ashley Coffin. Ashley, the boss Coffin. How you doing? Um, really good now. I like I like it when you call me the boss. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for it and I really liked it. <laughs> I like any compliment between two quotations and my name. Uh, any of those things. It's like the week of all weeks. <laughs> this is an insane week for Marvel. Not just Marvel, though. I've got, um, uh, you know, obviously, first off, Moon Knight finale, <laughs> Doctor Strange hitting, and then there is a season finale for Star Trek Picard, which is, you know, Star Trek's one of my favorite things of all right. time, and Picard is like such a big series for that, and they're bra- a brand new Star Trek series also dropping on Wednesday night. Wow. So, like a, a, a series premiere and a season finale and a season finale for Moon Knight and a multiverse of madness and podcasts about all of it. So this is a crazy, <laughs> crazy week. <laughs> yeah, that this whole month has turned out to be really crazy for me. I am gallivanting around the month of May like I'm 25 again and I'm going to see if my body can take it. I have like four concerts. I'm working yeah. at a friend's New Jersey Renaissance Fair. We have mom. I have a kid's birthday party which don't even get me started. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't sound like an Ashley activity. On a activity. Wednesday. I know. I'm like, ugh. Well, when it's like your closest friend's kids, they expect you to be a part of their children's lives. <laughs> like, <laughs> I do yeah, my best. <laughs> I get that. I get that. I, I, have, I have those friends. You know, <laughs> most of my friends have just resigned themselves to like Matt's the weird bachelor guy who isn't married and doesn't have kids. I'm like the one of my friend group that still doesn't. And so they're all like, yeah, maybe we don't involve him. Maybe maybe he's better <laughs> away from the children. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're like they're Greek. So they're like, it's not just it's like a party party. So right. that'll be fine. I'm like, just give me the wine and keep me away from the jump jump. Yeah, and all, all my, it's really strange because all my friends' kids are getting old enough where they're like 18, 19, 20, and I oh, hire funny. 18, 19, 20-year-olds all the time. So, like, I go to gigs, and I'm, like, on stage as a peer with people that are the same age as their kids, and so it's yeah. a very strange thing when I'm, like, around them, and I'm, like, I kind of, like, sort of know the slang and can talk about the video games yeah. they like and stuff, <laughs> and, like, they're, like, that's that's not okay, Matt. You shouldn't hang out with 18-year-olds. <laughs> Like, I have to hire them. They're singers I'm and stuff. Working. Yeah. I can't wait till all my friends' kids are 18. I mean, the downside is how old I'm going to be. But when we can finally get past this, like, it, it's hard when you're a single couple and a lot of your couple's friends have kids because they can't, you can't just like go away for the weekend. Like, it's fun to do stuff just me and Ken. But, you know, sometimes you want to go away with like other couples or something and everybody's yeah. tied down by their little monsters. A hundred percent. I'm always like, hey, can we go to like New Orleans and party on yeah. on the french quarter and they're like no no we can't <laughs> well you and Alyssa will have us <laughs> yes yes let's do it uh, okay so let's get into moon night because this is just we got to uh we got so much feedback we're not going to get to everything so much apologies to everybody but before we get to feedback ashley's corner what you got what you think oh yeah i mean that episode was uh, every episode's like crazy mm-hmm um, I feel like we got a lot of important information in this episode. Do I think we're going to be able to finish all of this in one episode that I read supposed to be the shortest episode of all of them? Really? 
I mean, don't quote me. I read things and then I say them like they're fact. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I saw a headline somewhere. It was, there was just so much. I mean, we get to impact Mark. And what I really love, and we, we kind of say this, and I don't know why I'm always surprised by the time we get there on how Marvel decides to take certain parts of the storyline for the comics and integrate it with their own story. And it just really works very seamlessly yeah. so that kind of everybody's happy. Maybe, you know, some people might not be, but like taking sure. his story, I'm totally fine with what they're doing, you know, with yeah. his storyline, with changing things up just to make everything flow together better. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. We, we don't have Jack yet. Jake, right? Or Jake. Yeah. Or we don't have Conshu. Right. And yeah. it's just like, what, what, Steven's gone. I can't believe this is the last episode because like, like you said, Jake's, Jake hasn't appeared yet. Um, or the third personality we should say we we're assuming jake because he's in the comics but they've changed things up so who knows it could be somebody different um i, I think with all the cabs in the background of, of this episode i feel like it's pretty solid well i thought that was a picture of him i did standing too. there next to a cab i yeah, okay. did too I, uh. I i still think that it's possible there are a few there and there's some feedback about this there's a few moments in this episode that could have been jake mm -hmm. um there's a few minutes when harrow's talking to him in the psychiatric hospital oh when he picks up the diamond thing and he's gonna like hurt him yeah or the, the yeah. paperweight yeah i thought that too that's all that integrating stuff is so cool because it's like is this his compartmentalized like safety place is that like where they go or i guess she kind of explained that they were dead i guess there's well, just a lot that's it's the thing you got a lot of feedback about that too people talking about like what what is this place and the thing is like harrow explains at the beginning of the episode and this is I'm taking it this way. So it could be that the Egyptian afterlife is real. They do mention, um, I, okay, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I love when a show <laughs> talks about spirituality in a way where it absolutely could be real or it could just be in your mind. And, and, and yeah. you know, like, just like in real life, like, <laughs> mm -hmm. yes, yes, this religion stuff is real. It is real to the person who's experiencing it. But maybe it's just in his head. And Harrow, through the beginning of this episode, is talking about the mental hospital being an organizing principle. And what if this entire thing is an organizing principle? You know, like, like a compartmentalizing. Say the word. Compartmentalizing. Compartmentalizing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. No, no. <laughs> Him car I can't do it again. Him just, you know, taking his shit and put it in little boxes yes. and not dealing with it. Right, exactly. <laughs> Put it, putting it in places where he doesn't have to deal what with I it. What I do. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. Really good at it. Mm -hmm. My my whole family is like compartmentalized central. I don't know. We we cannot deal with stiff very well. <laughs> well, that's I'm really good at dealing with things because I just put it away right right but then it comes in like i'll be at the the supermarket you know and someone will cut me off and i'll be like you damn bitch and then i'm wondering like where did that come from oh it's because two weeks ago i put that problem in a box and now it just came out at that lady bubbling or it can up, you know what i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man what i was saying about the religious aspect of it and the idea that this could oh, yeah. literally just be like not just the, like it's like harrow it's almost like this evil part of him but this isn't hero this is a part of his brain right and it's trying to convince mm -hmm. him that the uh that all of the stuff going on outside is the organizing principle but what if this entire experience through the boat and through the mental hospital and all of that was an organizing principle for him to like somehow understand what he's going through and to 
integrate Steven into his personality, I guess, is what just happened. I really don't know. I hope that that's what it is. (laughs) Yeah. They broke down the walls between those two personalities. And I don't know (laughs) if Steven is just gone or if we're going to see aspects of Steven within Mark, which would be really interesting from an acting perspective to like integrate them instead of just like like mm-hmm. what if we see it's just mark this next episode but then like we start seeing little like stevenisms coming out like those kinds of uh, jokes that he would make or like you know uh, the the knowledge that he had those things that steven had i don't know if that's how did works well it might be really interesting to see a steven without his safety net because or yeah. to see mark without his safety net because he's so mm-hmm. used to jumping in there which is maybe how we'll get jake Yes, there's a lot. We got a lot of feedback about that too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, like where where is Jake? If not, uh, well, let's just dive into the feedback because I know we'll get to it. We'll get to some of this. Um, uh, first, we got George Gadala, one of our patrons, says, uh, "I am so heartbroken over Stephen and Mark's childhood, and I can't imagine the pain of losing a son. But good lord, I want to throw the mom out the window and hug Mark until everything was okay." It really reminded me of um, Johnny Cash's life story. Mm, I don't know anything about his story. Him and his brother were like really close and they had, you know, the whole family and they lived like at a dark shack in the middle of nowhere back then as you did. And he was supposed to stay with his brother while they were cutting wood. Mm. And his brother, he was like, I really want to go fishing. I really want to go fishing. He's like, all right, Jack, go fishing. I'll be here when you get back. Blah, 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 blah. Just don't tell dad. And they're like seven and 13 right. well when his brother was cutting on the table saw the the thing went loose and it cut through his body and he died oh, gosh. so and his dad blamed him uh for that for the rest of his life yeah like and he was always really nasty to him and it's it's a shame like it's just it's just something yeah that's terrible Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's terrible but you just cannot blame a child for that stuff no you know? no like that's just children completely unfair to that child but I, yeah I, it's just like george says here i can i can't imagine the pain of losing a child and like it would make you do crazy things but like mm, that's just no, yeah not that. That, that that's that should be a red line for you uh please get help yeah <sighs> Uh, up next, we have Lydia Herbert, another one of our patrons. Thank you, Lydia. Says, I have something I noticed for the cast. The girl in episode one saying to Stephen, did it suck when you didn't get into the field of reeds? That was some heavy foreshadowing for this episode. True. Yeah, yeah. Not only did uh, Stephen, you know, encounter the field of reeds, but he's literally the part of the personality that didn't make it. And that's pretty, it's pretty pointed right there. Yeah. <sighs> How much of this show has just been smoke and mirrors at this point. Like, I'm like, I don't believe anything. Ugh. Right. Like who was that little girl and how did she know that? And it did she, or yeah, was that just I a coincidence? I completely forgot about her. Why is it always a creepy little girl? <laughs> Cause girls are creepy. What can we say? Uh, tell me, it looks like, you're gonna die. I put her, <laughs> I put uh, right through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got another one here from George Godala, uh, one of our patrons, uh, with some cool information here. We got, uh, love the show so far and getting more hooked with each episode. I have one real gripe so far. In the Ennead scene, Khonshu's demeanor when speaking through Mark, yelling, angry, although it's understandable given the situation, doesn't fit at all with how he was talking to Mark or Steven the rest of the episode. Also, uh, we need to make sure our case is indisputable, is what he says. <laughs> and then he made no case. He just said he plans to release Amit 
then asked him directly, then called him a deceiver. <laughs> Very good point. Um, Conshute is not a good like detective. He's just, or, or like lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> That's also another character we haven't seen yet. Ahmet, like yeah. it's just this shadow that everybody's talking about yeah that's what i was gonna say a minute ago like we saw these purple souls falling down um but like what happened it seems like i'm i has probably been released because that's not how uh the souls have been being released up till now do we know what happens after he kills them with his little tick tick cane no like what would be happening to them yeah i'm assuming but but like when he kills people with his cane, it's like a one at a time thing. Somebody has feedback about that too somewhere in here. But um, <laughs> there, it seems like a one at a time thing. All of a sudden, we see it just like raining these purple lives, yeah. souls. Interesting. So it seems to me like Ahmet was just awakened. So right. I, I really need to see this crocodile goddess. Please give yeah. me an Ahmet. <laughs> that would it would be rad. It would be rad. Um, George continues. Couple of more things. Um, the pronunciation of Isis or Isis in the scene is actually correct. I am Egyptian. Oh. In episode four, the symbol that Layla wrote uh, are her dad's Arabic initials, read from right to left. She pronounces his name at the end of the episode when she confronts Mark. Uh, I think Ashley guessed that, that correctly in the reaction cast. Uh, love this show and love this cast and looking forward to to listening to you guys for a long time. Thanks so much, George. Thanks, George. And thank you for becoming a patron and everything. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, always write in to tell me I'm right. Yeah, everyone make sure that (laughs) we just get flooded with emails. (laughs) If I'm wrong, like, just go on with your day and leave me alone. (laughs) But (laughs) if I'm right, let me know. (laughs) Yeah, and And put lots of compliments in between her name. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) it just makes me happy, and we'd like to keep me happy. (laughs) Indeed we do. Indeed we do. (laughs) All right, let's see. We got uh, up next, Avril James Maynard on Gmail uh, says, I love your podcast. I haven't been listening very long, but I'm really enjoying it. I thought you might appreciate, in the last episode of Moon Knight, the hippo goddess says, bake your noodle, which is directly from The Matrix. Um, it's what the Oracle says to Neo when she first meets him. Take care, Avril. That's right. I thought that was adorable. I thought that was adorable, too. I love the... Uh, yeah. I always loved that moment in The Matrix. She says, uh, what's gonna really going to bake your noodle is, would you have broken the vase if I hadn't said anything? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pew. It's like oh. it's not hard to break Neo's noodle. <laughs> it's not a very... Uh, not, not very al dente or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. Fragile noodles. <laughs> <laughs> let's see up next we got a uh a voicemail hi pandas matt from manchester here uh so many things from this episode episode five on moon night uh, i just don't even know where to start and i was gonna write a message in but then i remember you saying that uh he wanted voice messages to keep coming in so here's a voice message uh, from the uk uh greetings from over there um First of all, Oscar Isaac in this episode. Oh my goodness, what a what a performance! Um, obviously, he's been brilliant so far. Uh, fantastic to to see the, the acting skills on display, but this was just another level, uh, and it was incredible uh, just to see the emotion, the depth. Uh, it was such an emotional episode. I've not listened to your feedback episode yet or your your instant uh, reaction episode, but I, I, I imagine you'll be talking about that uh, because it was just incredible. 
just that scene when uh, he was at his uh, his mom's or, or should I say his mom's uh, funeral uh, was heartbreaking um, and yeah a couple of questions or thoughts really from the episode is firstly i thought you know we'd be seeing that that third personality jake lockley uh, possibly uh, in this episode but there was really no mention of that unless anyone spotted anything that i didn't uh, do we think that that's going to happen in the last episode or is that just too much to cram into one episode at the end is that maybe something that's going to be explored in maybe a future season or something like that um just was very surprised uh, that there was no or seemingly no other reference made of that I mean, there's clearly been foreshadowing of it with um, the the moment uh, in episode three where neither um, um, Stephen or Mark are seem to be in control in that moment, and of course the the third sarcophagus or the second sarcophagus in the uh, the psych ward in episode four. So interested to hear your thoughts on that. The other thing that blew me away was uh, was the revelation that um, Mark and Stephen have really uh, been. Um, together in, in in the life of mark um since the death of his brother i mean i, I think we, i think we presumed that it was uh, it happened when um Konshu, um he, he became Konshu's avatar but uh, it seems like it was a lot er earlier in his life and there's been this whole thing throughout his life as they develop um just really really a, a lot to take away and think about uh, and not again not in terms of the story of armit and uh, things like that nothing really developed uh, as far as we know from that um but um uh, just you know just such great will building there anyway um hope that uh hope that you find this interesting later skaters <laughs> i really like later skaters um mm -hmm. that's we had a couple people sign off with later skaters this time and i like it <laughs> i like it too um i love it i just i don't know marvel's so much fun and there's just so always so many uh Little things like that. I mean, we've talked so much about Love You 3000 and We Are Groot and all these things that like are like great things for the fan base to say. And just like Later Skaters is just a new one. <laughs> love it. Love it. I love those little little things that tie us all together that we all kind of get, you know? Yeah. I agree with most of like what he said. I, I feel like we're all just still very much in the dark. <laughs> yeah. About what's going on. Yeah, so he mentioned Ahmet and, like, not knowing much about that. But, yeah, like, that's the thing is, like, we don't know. The one thing I noticed that, like, will give us some sense of whether all this was real or not. I wonder if there'll be a way to explain this. If she goes to so the hippo, he has the hippo to tell Layla to go free Kanchu so that Kanchu could or, uh, help them stay alive or whatever. Yeah. Like, if that happens, then I guess this was all real. Yeah. Unless Layla yeah, yeah, just yeah. does it and there's some sort of like mysterious reason she did it. And she's like, I just felt the call to do. I felt like that was the right thing to do. And then it's like, mm -hmm. maybe the hippo communicate, communed with her somehow. Uh, I just, hmm. it's really strange. He hasn't seen her since that pyramid scene. Do you think he would have told? I mean, she knows that Konshu is imprisoned and that he needs right. to get him out and that without it. So I would think that that would be her mission, whether anybody came and told her to or not. Yeah, I don't know if she even knows how to get to the Ennead, though, right? Like, mm, she just true. walked into this cave and realized, mm -hmm. that, like, it's all real. You know, to her, she just proved this thing that she's been, her father believed mm -hmm. all his life, that the gods walk among us or whatever. What's crazy to me is, like, him turning into Moon Knight wasn't enough for you, like, all those times in front of you. <laughs> right. Well, I think it was, all, I think it was probably enough for her. Yeah. But it probably wasn't enough for, like, proving it to the world or something. And so right. now they've, they've discovered a dig site or whatever that they could, like, actually excavate and learn. <laughs> Did all this be real. like somebody ripped Alexander the Great's throat out? What's that about? 
that seems inappropriate. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the other things Matt brought up in his voicemail, uh, the third personality, we talked about it a little bit. Like, do you think we'll see the third personality in the, th- in the last episode? I'm going to go yes. Yeah, me too. I'm going to say yes. And if not, then I'm like, okay, here's, here's just another Mephisto and I'm never going to say his name again. <laughs> <laughs> I think 100% we will see him. Now, I don't know how much. It could be literally like post-credits. It could be mm-hmm. like something. But I think it's likely we even saw little glimpses of him this episode. I really yeah. do. Maybe he's going to be the one to get him out of there. Yeah. Mentally. You were on the cast. I don't think when we talked about the idea that like, what did, were you? Maybe you were. Uh, what if Jake or the third personality and Khonshu are in league with someone like Mephisto or like someone that would be on the opposite side of this like coming war of the gods or whatever? Like, because hmm. Khonshu also hates this group of Ennead gods who like banished him and now imprisoned him and stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It, like what if uh mark and steven end up being sort of like a ride along and like jake is like actually m- more connected with Kanchu and kanchu has been keeping part of the sort of like motivation and plans mm. away from him and then that ties into the bigger mcu story going on i'd like that that'd be fun i like that'd it be fun i just like i because i don't know how we're I know it's going to keep going the his story, but I just don't know where what it's going to tie into who we're going to have at the end of it. Right. I think it's likely going to tie into the like Midnight Suns of it all. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if the Midnight Suns are going to be like this little spiral part of the universe that kind of spirals off in its own way and does like darker stories or if that's all going to connect to this idea of the gods because they are also all yeah. very mystical creatures so it may it would make sense if sort of the gods or whatever we think we're calling gods in this universe also intersect with them but it's weird it is weird as long as somebody gets them all in a room together for gore to come kill them all i'm totally there (laughs) (laughs) i just can't wait until it happens yeah because it's gonna get some of them yeah like (laughs) and i could totally see it like all these gods line up at the end to stop amit or to like re-imprison Khonshu or something. And it's mm-hmm. all just been a plan to like, and Gore just shows up at the end. It's not, I highly doubt that's going to be the way this show ends, but like <laughs> it, it could happen, man. Or if, if um, Layla gets to the, whatever, what, what is the temple called? The Ennead, which is like the group. If she gets to the Ennead and they're all already dead. Yeah. Yeah. And then she can just let Khonshu out. Like what happened? <laughs> or, or, or it could all be wait till love and thunder. And then like, the Ennead mm-hmm. is just one of the places we see Gore visit in his like quest to kill gods. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I just ugh. everything needs to be connected a little bit. Yeah, so. exactly. But then, <laughs> then again, I don't want any of these stories to like not like I, I we we talked about a lot with Hawkeye how the ending sort of like tacked on like multiple like kingpin and yelena both showing up in like the last two episodes or whatever felt very much like hey we've been telling one story now it's a different one you know yeah and i don't really want that for this show because it's True. been so good i'd rather end mm-hmm. but a post-credit sequence or something i'm always okay with yeah my, my if i could put money on it it would probably be like blade or dane whitman mm-hmm. showing up at the end yeah totally. and it's like you know uh, I, I was seeing you know a lot of people being like oh my god the the episodes are scary of this with the zombie popping out and this and that I'm like 
y'all better hold on to your butts because Marvel is kind of giving something to everybody recently, Mm -hmm. which is what I'm really like, enjoy. I miss the other phases because I miss my friends. But what I like about this new phase is they're kind of giving something for everybody. So it's like, if you want the hippie bop, like not the happy boppy, you know, fun kind of, you know, Sam Wilson and, um, Kate Bishop kind of style show. Like it's over here. Or if you want the, um, Inhumans, what's yeah. her name? Fun, what's boppy, her name? destroying faces of the shields, you know. But get ready. Like, if episode four of this show scared you, I hope you're all really prepared for mom because they did not get one of the greatest horror directors of all time to direct Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness for no reason. Yeah. So just like go go in knowing that if, if you had a hard time with that little zombie scare, buckle up. <laughs> I think you could be right. I really think you could yeah, be right. Because then we have werewolves by night. Like we are starting to introduce real horror elements, vampires and mummies and werewolves. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of like that. They're going to kind of maybe keep everything a little segregated until maybe we have some kind of Avengers style, you know, team up with everybody mm-hmm. going against a new big bad. But I really do enjoy like now there's a little something for everybody. Yeah, totally. End of rant. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's great. Like, we've talked a lot about it over the years, how every Marvel movie has a little bit of different flair to it. Um, right. And, and that's, I think that's true, even of the early phases. I mean, th- there was a time where we couldn't imagine, like, I mean, we, we did imagine it and we eventually saw it, but Avengers seemed so crazy because it was this combination of, like, this tech superhero, this old man cap, this, uh, you know, like, all the, all these different characters very different from different worlds especially the asgardians like i don't know bringing thor into that felt like it was going to be like a weird clash of tones and it worked perfectly perfect but like now we're going a little more extreme and when you have this like moon knight horror blade all this stuff and then you're also putting in the verse miss marvel you know what i mean like yeah that's like that feels like it's going to be very crazy yeah yeah but i'm super pumped about it i'm totally here for it All right, up next, we got Robbie Collings on Gmail says, Hello, MCU cast. Once I finished crying myself to sleep after Steven's death, I had a theory. Um, If Layla becomes Amit's avatar, she might bring back Steven using Amit's power. The CGI for the hippo god was amazing. Uh, I hope it gets a season two. Later, Gators. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know that she has the power of resurrection, but she might. I mean, it sounds like Khonshu might even. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. The powers of the gods are very undefined, which is fair. <laughs> well, it seems like Khonshu would probably be happy that Steven's gone. Hmm. Yeah. Well, see, kind of until he needed Steven a few episodes ago and like Steven can do some of the things that Mark can't like solving mm-hmm. that, um, you know, uh, whatever that little uh, sky riddle was. Right, right, right. So it's like, I think Khonshu, I think just like Mark, Khonshu sort of gained a little bit of respect for this, the things that Steven adds to this relationship that is this uh, confused mind. But like, mm. you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what, we just, what does it mean that he's dead? Like, is he dead? Well, he just kind of turned into dust and we don't know where they were we don't know whether that was just the personality dissolving we don't know if that's him just playing tricks on himself exactly trying to get himself through this maybe it really is purgatory and all of this is happening within seconds Mm -hmm. you know in his in his mind it's taking hours and days but all of this is really happening in our time in seconds 
It's yes. uh yeah, it's very it's very interesting. It's just like, do you believe that the hippo was there or not? And that's the first place that you gotta start with. Right. <laughs> because then you're like, because everything could be true or it could not be true. Well, and I think we may find out if we see the hippo next episode, like show up mm-hmm. in the real world and talk to Layla, then it starts to be like, okay, then this all has to be real, right? Then it's, yeah. Yeah. Unless yeah. Layla's just a personality. Uh, well, she was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Just go all fight club on this thing and like, no, nobody's Girl interrupted. Real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can't believe we're on the second to last episodes and we still have the same questions that we had from the second episode. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. What are you doing to us? <laughs> it does. Yeah. It's really hard to know until this like intersects with other MCU content and we see like Moon Knight in his full on like suit and fighting. Like it's hard to know if any of this is real. Or, yeah. Like, what parts of it are real? You know? <laughs> hmm. Okay. Up next, we got Joseph Wilson on Gmail says, Number one, I think that Towerette is new to the position of guiding newly deceased souls to the underworld. She seems very nervous to remove their hearts and is even a little surprised that she did it successfully. A quick Google search uh, looks like it is actually Osiris that guides souls uh, to the underworld. Maybe since the amount of people who believe in Egyptian gods are less and less, Osiris decided that this could be outsourced. What do you think? Hmm. I think that they just really wanted to use the hippo goddess. Yeah. (laughs) They were just like, it's so cute. (laughs) The hippo goddess with the cute voice is like, it's pretty fun. It was a really fun little thing. But yeah, I don't know what it means. Someone else sent in some, which we'll get to in a second, some feedback about like all the different gods that were, that were uh, entrapped in those little, the statues. Oh yeah, I forget what is Towerette the god of. We like we talked about it last like episode. babies or something. Oh yeah, like, like uh, the midwife, birth, the midwife goddess. goddess. Yeah. Mm. See, and that makes me think there's a meaning there. Like when I don't know if there is, but it's like is is this all a part of uh, him processing his own like rebirth or like re uh, actualization mm-hmm. in some way? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Number two, uh, getting back to what Joseph was saying here. Number two, I remember Layla saying in episode two, uh, you're talking to your mother again. Only two things in my head can justify this response. A, Layla is unaware that Wendy is dead and still unaware as he wouldn't have told her yet. Or B, she knows she is dead and is noticing that a sign of him being under duress. I'm leaning more towards A, as it now seems even clearer that that the line that Mark said in episode three, you don't, is clearly meant to be mean. Which do you think it is? Hmm. I don't think he told her his whole story. I don't think so either. Do you remember in the first episode, they mentioned how long it had been. I know Layla was really upset because uh, Mark had just disappeared for a while. Mm -hmm. Do you remember? The only two numbers coming to my head are two and six. Right. So I feel like he was missing for two months. So maybe he wasn't talking to his mom. Hadn't talked to her in six years. Something like that. Yeah. I I, I don't remember. I mean, he looked pretty young in the the shot where he walks away from the mother. Yeah. So I think it may have been even more. But my point is, I think it could very well be that the same, the two, it'd been, I think he said two months since he found out about his mom's death. Okay. So I'm, and they said that this episode. Okay. So 
uh, that, 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 that thing where he's standing by the car and he looks in the window and everything that happened two months ago. And that's when Steven started emerging and having more control. And I'm wondering that if Steven had been sort of dormant for a long time, like he hadn't, he hasn't experienced that kind of emotional trauma in so long right. that he'd been, uh, putting it, putting Steven away. See, he hadn't needed Steven. Mm-hmm. And then when his mother died, like Steven came back out. So if that was two months, then, then what's the timeline of him going to Egypt and being a mercenary? I think that's been years. Years? I think he's been like a mercenary. Well, like probably, when did Khonshu take him over as when I was trying ooh, to... I, I think before that, I'm pretty certain. Hmm. So he, I think he's been running around. I mean, yeah, it, it had to have been because Layla has seen the suit. So Layla married right. him and said the best thing about him was the suit. So he's been... He's been like Conchu's avatar for a while, even mm-hmm. while he was married to Layla and right. is married to Layla. Um, but then I think two months ago, and the reason he hasn't contacted Layla is because he just disappeared because he became Steven. Right. And so he hasn't called her in a while. Yeah. Okay. That all makes sense. Yeah, I think that so. That all makes sense. Okay. So up next, we got McKenna Kosinski, uh on Gmail says, uh, hey, guys. I've been an Egyptian mythology buff since I was young. Thank you, Rick Royerden, um, for writing the Red Pyramid series. <laughs> so I've been having a field day with Moon Knight and was reminded in one of the last casts that you were wondering about what gods had been imprisoned in stone. Some of them are hard to see thanks to the lighting and the fact that most days I consider myself more blind than Matt Murdock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but here she goes with a list of them uh, in, in the, these are the ones that she can see uh, Bess, dwarf mm-hmm. god, patron of children and the home along with sexuality and pranks it's a lot yeah. of weird things that is a lot of weird combination of things like yeah. children and the home and sexuality and pranks, pranks. So that's a really really weird like one. if you take sexuality out of there it makes sense yeah but it's like yeah, kid yeah. stuff kid stuff kid stuff sex i'm like what <laughs> i mean i guess that's where they come from but yeah that's where they come from it's true sorry for uh dropping uh sex head on people but that is where they come from <laughs> kanum god of fertility also associated with water okay uh nephthys, nephthys. goddess of healing and embalming interesting Anubis, god of mummification and guiding souls to the underworld and Osiris. See, that's what I thought that Anubis was the one who guided souls down to Osiris, not Osiris. Osiris is the one in the underworld, but that's just, okay. You know, well, you may know. be right. And yeah. if, he's, if he's imprisoned, if Anubis is imprisoned, it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. that uh, Taweret is now taking over his job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it makes a lot of sense that he would be new or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, she kept bringing out the instruction manual. Yeah. No, she definitely seemed new. Uh, <laughs> uh, the other person who wrote it a second ago uh, said that she seemed new, and I think that's definitely the case. I thought <laughs> that added even more to her charm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kepri, god of the morning sun. Geb, god of the earth, father of snakes. Ooh. Meret Sigur. Meret Sigur. Uh, cobra goddess. Ooh, she's in charge of the tra- the Valley of the Kings. Like she looks over all of the uh, okay the pharaohs. She's one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> nice, like it. Um, Tefnut and Sekhmet, uh, goddess Kef- Tefnut or Sekhmet, uh, goddess of rainfall and moisture, 
or goddess of the lioness and solar deity. We also don't know if Marvel's going to be using their exact weird, like from Egyptian times, like titles of, of power. You know what I sure, mean? Sure, sure. Or, or it, even if yeah. we'll ever get any more from them than the silhouette we got in this episode. It's still yeah. kind of interesting to see what uh-huh. which ones they would use. I think. If I'm not mistaken, Tefna, the goddess of rainfall and moisture, that was the one he met at the Ennead, though, right? Yes. The one that had a, a relationship talking, with Kanchu. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think that would be the one. So it must be Sekhmet. Unless. Yeah. They already put her in there. Yeah. Maybe like she worked with Kanchu a little too closely and they've already imprisoned Tefna as well. Uh, again, some are guesses from the outline due to lighting, but I hope I helped a little. Love your cast and can't wait to hear your thoughts. <laughs> cool. I like it, McKenna. Thank you so much. I, I just love these where we, uh, you know, a minute ago we had someone write in who was Egyptian, who had that knowledge. And uh, this is really cool knowledge as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, really cool. Dig it. Uh, Jasim uh, says, hey, Matt and Ashley, longtime listener here. I just watched the latest Moon Knight episode and wanted to share some thoughts. I'm loving this show so far. And that episode five ending hit me like a bag of bricks. <laughs> One thing that stood out to me is the choice of music. In the Diab episode, it felt very intentional. The credit song in episode 5 samples the vocals of the late Lebanese artist Sabah from the film A Night the Moon Cried. Mm, that, that definitely makes like seems yeah. like it's an intentional all of the people there. who do the Marvel movies and stuff, like all of the music's intentional. All of it's picked. Oh, yeah. All of it's very curated. Like that's that's something they've always done. Yeah, 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 for sure. I just think this is super interesting. I would have never, obviously, known this. Mm-hmm. Um, a Lebanese artist named Sabah. Like I, I don't know who this is, and so that's I would think really it's cool. Saba. It might be yeah, Saba. Yeah, Saba. Okay, uh, so that's called "A Night the Moon Cried." The one line they sample translates to "Sometimes I like myself and love life." Mm. Uh, which I found both fitting and heartbreaking considering how Mark and Steven had just started reconciling and Mark is dead for now. Something else that strikes me about Saba's history slash connection to Egypt, including several of her nine marriages over the years. Get it, girl. (laughs) (laughs) She had her honorary Egyptian citizenship revoked in the 60s and publicly left, but had a widely celebrated return to Egypt when the new president reinstated her citizenship in the 70s. Uh, Insert any parallel here. Uh, This might be a stretch, uh, but I couldn't help but see a connection there. Uh, Thank you for giving me something to listen to while I walk my dogs for the past two plus years. Uh, greetings from the UAE, Jasim. Very cool. Thank you, Jasim. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, what's the parallel I'm missing here? Uh, lost, citizenship, lost her citizenship in the 60s, publicly left, and then Egypt, and the new president reinstated her citizenship in the 70s. Um, is that like in, re, how Mark is maybe being reinstated to life? It is makes that me think Justin more of Khonshu or, or one of the gods that oh, Mark yeah. or Stephen. Yeah, that's true. Khonshu has been uh, relegated to being outside of the Ennead, and now maybe he'll be allowed back in or something. Or mm-hmm. Ahmet, for that matter. Ahmet was uh, imprisoned for all these years and maybe coming back. 
I think that's why they said insert any parallel here because there's not, you know, one specific gotcha. one. You can kind of gotcha. create your own based off that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's cool. I dig it. Um, and really, really cool connection with the, um, the language there. Sometimes I like myself and love life. I mean, that's everybody. <laughs> sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. <laughs> it makes it so sad because I feel like that sometimes, sometimes I like myself and love life to me is Mark and Steven. Like Steven is the one that loves life. You know what I mean? Like he's the one that's mm-hmm. allowed to love life because he gets to ignore all the trauma. Right. And like, so the part of this character that loved his life and, uh, lo- you know, was happy is now gone. And that just mm-hmm. even more tragic knowing that that's the case, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I guess the positive thing would be him figuring out like how to live without Steven, because that would be your end goal. Oh, to yeah. Figure out how to become that person again without needing that. Like, cause uh, Steven's great and everything, but Steven is a part of his personality. It is him. Right. It's just this, you know, thing that takes over. So well, even if Steven disappears, he's not really gone. Cause it is part of Mark's personality. I think, I think when you disassociate, you can, you kind of take different things from yourself and put it into that, you know, person like him liking egypt and liking lila's Mm -hmm. uh, music and things like that yeah for sure and it seems to me that like i mean they said it this episode this is like you know this was mark's place to hide Mm -hmm. uh, when he needed to get away from life and in a way you're not experiencing life if you're hiding from it but i mean when something's so that traumatic you just can't help it you can't especially when you're that young and there's just no way to take that so Mm -hmm. he had to create steven as a way of hiding um, and, and having some positive time or experience, um, we're not going to get to the rest of these. We got more emails to come, but, uh, we're not going to get to the rest today. Uh, I did want to mention one. I also don't want them to like figure it out. And I don't think that they're going to, because that kind of takes away from the character of Moon Knight to have his personalities go away. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think that's good. If anything, I hope he embraces all three. And then it kind of like there was this show from the people, the director of The Matrix on Netflix called Sense8. Yeah. And I, I would like for them to start working like that. <laughs> right. You know, you, you could just jump into the person's body whenever you needed, whenever that person was needed most. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That would be, it'd be really cool. And that's kind of how it, it becomes in comics. I did want to read this one real quick. Um, we had one from uh, Matthew Nace says, Hey, Ashley and her alters. <laughs> Uh, so i know the show is supposed to confuse us in many ways but i feel they got something wrong with the development of the alters Uh, so mark is the original persona and we see him split and create steven uh, when the mom is banging on the door but we do not see him change back to mark when mark drags steven out of the memory and tells steven he is not supposed to see that and the whole point is to keep Steven safe. Uh, but he's, but he has created Steven to take the belt lashing. Um, they never showed the boy Steven change back to Mark. Uh, so Steven should remember his mother's cruelty, mm, not Mark. No, 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 no. That is not, that's not how it works. Right. Like you create that personality. So when that mom was coming in there, beating Steven with the belt, Steven in his head is cleaning the room. Right. Mark, was taking the beatings but in his head he is steven cleaning the room so he doesn't upset his mom steven never felt anything he never saw it he never dealt with it and that was the point of creating that because mark takes it all but steven is this pocket thing that so when that happens he goes into steven's you know head to hide 
but Mark still has to come out of there and see and feel and be in pain. Right. But just for that moment, that is what disassociating is. Okay. I, I absolutely think that's possible. The other interpretation I had was it's possible that like Steven is created to try to like, it maybe calms his mother down. Like he starts cleaning and trying to like solve things for his mother, you know, like mother is going to be upset with me, like that sort of thing. And, and he also definitely does not hear. Like, I think you're, I think the, what you're, the case you're making is absolutely valid because he is cleaning the room and he doesn't even hear the banging. You know what I mean? Like he's like, mm-hmm. mother's going to be cross with me. And, and he just does like, I think you're right. Well, looking at watching a lot of cases and true crime and stuff like that, where do you, that is a thing, like, yeah. you know, assault and things like that, things that, you know, you take yourself out and then years down the road, you remember or you do some kind of psychotherapy that brings it out or this and that. Like that is pretty much the point of having a disassociated right. experience. My only other thought was that it's possible that we're going to see more of that scene where a different alter takes over and takes the real brunt of the trauma like a Jake. I don't and, think they're going to show that in right. Disney. I really don't. Mm. yeah i know that they're that, not gonna that's actually show it well, they may not actually show up but still the point stands that like maybe steven is sort of this altar that ignores everything but then when the trauma gets like really really bad and violent maybe that's when a different altar steps in the one we mm. haven't seen yet the one that is very violent which would make mm-hmm. sense if he's the one that experienced so much violence as a child then he would be the one that's like extra violent, violent. as an adult yeah that's a possibility is, yeah that's more compartmentalizing yeah there's an emotional upset and that's when steven comes in and yeah. when there's actual physical violence a jake or another alter steps in yeah steven is created to 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 be able to hide in and not have you know to deal with it that's kind of what that was and um yeah so yes so. steven was created just to take the belt lashings kind of because he wouldn't experience it i i, right. I, would, I would think yeah, I, I don't know how I, I don't know fully how it works, but yeah, I, I definitely have seen that in stories mm-hmm. and stuff. I don't. Again, I'm not an expert of this at all. Um, <laughs> I'm a, as a kid, like I have my own experiences with it. Like I understand it. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, um, and that's kind of what uh, Matthew goes on to say is my only explanation is that Stephen not remembering and thinking his mom uh, was an angel must be. Uh, what we did not see on camera was Stephen creating another altar uh, to deal with the beatings, which mm-hmm. it's possible. It's very possible. Yeah. Or it's possible that like, like we said, Stephen just doesn't even like, doesn't even register the real world at all. Which right, yeah. we know is true of Stephen because we know he picks up a phone and talks to no one. Right. Uh, we know and, and still imagines his mom speaking to him after he just visited her funeral. Um, mm-hmm. And he, we know that he's, he, the, there is someone beating on the door and he's not even hearing it, you know? Yeah. So, mm. uh, okay. There are a lot of more good feedbacks, but unfortunately we have to uh, close off this episode. Thank you guys for so much for sending in your Moon Knight feedback. We'll be back tomorrow with a uh, Multiverse of Madness a little feedback episode. Try to get some of that in before the movie, uh, little theories and such. So uh, hopefully we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com.